the free for all roundtable round two on round two let's say good morning to Sanira Chaudhry employment lawyer at Workley Law Robert Benzie is here from the uh, Toronto Star he's the Queen's Park Bureau Chief Richard Kraus is the host of the podcast Last Call with Richard Kraus uh, I don't want to dwell on the elections forever but a lot of compelling stories I think and a lot of personalities who are well known and let's face it this is about who's going to keep the water running and the trash being removed wherever you live so I'll let you guys choose your stories I guess I mean the top line is John Tory, re-elected mayor of Toronto. Bonnie Crombie, re-elected to Mississauga. Steve Del Duca squeezes by in Vaughan. Patrick Brown has an even bigger margin now than he did the first time in Brampton. Andrea Horvath gets a second life, or a third life, I guess. She's now the mayor of Hamilton. Uh, let me start with a guy who, you know, eats politics every day for breakfast, uh, Robert Benzie. Uh, what stories do you take away from all of this? And maybe it's some of the smaller municipalities I didn't even mention. Well, you know what? I'm going to be watching John. Uh, John Tory got 62% of the vote last night. He got 26,000 more votes than all of the co- the combined tally of the 25 councillors. He also has, as he mentioned to you in that interview, this enhanced authority. This is the strong mayor powers that Premier Doug Ford has given the mayors of Toronto and Ottawa and other mayors in other municipalities are going to get those powers uh, in, in next year. We, we, we've heard this. I'm going to be very interested to see how Mayor Tory uses that mandate and uses that um those powers because there's going to be a lot of pressure on on uh mayors across the province to get housing built the the tories have promised to build 150,000 new homes every year on average over the next decade 1.5 million the best year we've had since 1987 john was 100,000 housing starts so there's a lot of pressure to build and i'm going to be interested to see how uh mayor tory and others uh can handle that okay bridger kraus you live in toronto pay taxes mm-hmm. in toronto so uh, are you looking forward to the next 4 years which will make it t- 12 for John Tory. I I am, uh, but I have to say, when I hear him say things like, well, it's going to be more of the same. We're just going to, you know, continue uh, what we've started and and just push through in that way. It doesn't give me a whole lot of hope. I mean, I don't know that things have gotten better in Toronto in the last eight years. Now, the pandemic was a major blow and uh, turned things on their head. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, John Tory, I think, was a steady hand during all that. And I appreciate that. Uh, but I, I don't think that the city has changed for the better. And I don't want more of the same from him. I want him to use uh, the enhanced powers that he has uh, to push forward and try different things, try new things. Um, you know, he's not going up for re-election. He doesn't have to worry about another mandate in four years from now. Take some risks. Get out there and and let your freak flag fly a little bit and, and do <laughs> things that actually uh, will change the the face of this city for the better and not just keep it status quo or in this slow kind of grind that I feel um, that we're that we're in right now. Okay, I'm not sure John Tory has a freak flag to, to let. <laughs> Did you sail. see his hair during the pandemic? Yes. That yes. was freaky. Okay. Sunira Chaudhry. Um, I put it to the mayor and he kind of pushed back. But I do believe that, you know, I don't know if we're in crisis in Toronto, but there's a lot of stuff that needs some urgent attention. So I'm, I'm kind of with Richard. More of same is not what I want. No, more of same um, for sure. I think living in the city of Toronto, uh, I, I think some of the lackluster um, turnouts also 
came from the fact that a lot of people in, in the city see issues like housing as being one that, you, you know, a solution seems so far off. But I also have to point to the fact that you know, lower voter turnouts. It was Diwali yesterday, which is like the Hindu New Year. Um, Lots of of people of Sikh origin also celebrate Diwali. It's a huge, huge festival. And the fact that the election, you know, took place yesterday across the GTA, uh, I I have to say that I think it's a bit tone deaf. I mean, especially coming from um, a, a place like Toronto that's super diverse. This is something that this is our bread and butter. Um, I, 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 I was shocked to hear that the election was going to take place yesterday, a day that you know many of us do take off. I took off. A lot of children take off from school. This is going to be a holiday that uh, the, the city of New York recognizes for all public schools in 2023. And the fact we had an election yesterday. Um, you know, that was the story I wanted to just sort of contribute sure. today because I was pretty shocked that it actually took place uh, on a huge holiday like Diwali. Okay, and I don't want to dwell on it forever, but the question I would have is, I mean, this election date was set four years ago. Why did it take everybody by surprise at the last minute? Yeah, well, it shouldn't. it shouldn't have. I mean, I think that... It's also something that probably, I don't know, could it have been, you know, potentially shifted a day or two so that a huge um, population of Toronto and the GTA could participate and participate freely and happily. I mean, this was a day that, especially the volley is like, celebrated in the evening. So I think there are a lot of people who just sort of turned their TVs off or didn't even turn their TVs on because because of the festival. And I think um, the, the turnout was definitely impacted by that. And to say that it wasn't, I think, would be uh, just wouldn't be true because because of the population that comes from um, India for, for those that actually celebrate the holiday. Uh, Doug Ford says he's going to fight and he's going to go to court if he has to. He does not want to testify before a judge who is inquiring as to whether or not the Emergencies Act should have been uh, declared by the federal government. And Richard Cross, I'll start with you on this one. I look at this and I think if you think you did a good job, and I think most people think that Doug Ford did a good job when it comes to COVID and the whole protest movement, then what, what, why wouldn't you testify about it? What is it you don't want to say? Yeah, this is kind of baffling to me because I think what it does uh, is um, show that there is a, a certainly a lack of transparency. I think that it also um, makes people think, well, what is he hiding? Why, why, why won't he come and just tell the truth about what happens? It, it seems like uh, the polls and everything else have suggested that people were happy with the job that he did here. So why not just come out and say what what you did. Um, I, I don't I don't understand this because it leads to conjecture and there'll be I'm sure there probably already are conspiracy theories um, about something that may or may not have happened that are brewing in the imaginations of people out there right now. And just wait, it'll be all over Twitter uh, soon enough. And I, I think it's a baffling decision on his behalf. Must be that he's in the pocket of the World Economic Forum. <laughs> That's right. Um, Robert Benzi, my interpretation of this, which Tim Hudak was pushing back on on the morning brief this morning at 6.20, but I think Doug Ford just doesn't want to remind people that he also invoked emergency powers and fully supported Trudeau in his invoking of the powers, but he'd prefer not to have to wear that. 
Yeah, I'm not, I agree with Richard. I'm, I'm baffled by this because I actually think, uh, Ford has been an unabashed supporter of using the Emergencies Act. He was, he was the only premier in Canada who backed Trudeau, uh, in February. Ontario had its own emergency powers as you, emergency act, as you just said. We changed laws in this province, uh, to avoid blockades like the Ambassador Bridge, uh, protest, uh, in Windsor. I think that this is about Ford's office and his advisors not wanting to set a precedent by having the premier on the stand and Nero will know more about this. A lawyer cross-examining a, 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 a politician under oath uh, could cause them problems, could go down rabbit holes that maybe they don't want to go down. I think, uh, though, it's a mistake because you have all of these people who are who are convinced that there's something they're hiding and oh what is it and Ford is a polarizing figure he has a lot of uh, people who don't like him out there uh, although he still won easily a re-election re in uh, with a bigger majority in June um, I think that the, those folks are going to say oh you see he's hiding something we knew this and I think this is one of the situations where they should have just let him testify he's uh, an able communicator and would he say some things that they might not like perhaps but I really don't believe there's some smoking gun that the Ontario government uh, is hiding. Sonera, you are a lawyer, so how do you see this ending? Well, I think it's a power move, John, because to seek a parliamentary privilege here or to, to invoke it, I mean, if everybody did that, this inquiry would not be going ahead. This is being run by a court at the Ontario Court of Appeal, uh, Justice Rouleau, who has asked the Liberal government to actually set aside these confidences to do a document up so, so that we can actually get a fair public hearing of what happened. And what I think Doug Ford is actually doing here is he's asking other government officials to also invoke this the sort of power. Hey, let's you, let's all use our legal sort of immunity here, so that we can protect ourselves from the very question that is trying to be answered in this inquiry, which is, did we use our powers appropriately and fairly? And to to come back and say, no, 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 I don't. I can kind of quash the summons and not even have to answer this question because uh, we invoke powers based on um, the carrying out of our, uh, of our duties uh, is very, very dangerous. And I, I certainly hope that others don't take a page out of his book. Not a lot of time, so let's shift to the dessert. Um, I've just got this story in the last little while. Apparently, Jim Richards was yakking about it last night, though. Uh, the Quebec Order of Nurses has officially issued its disapproval of sexy, erotic Halloween nurse <laughs> costumes. Um, Richard Krauss, this begins the annual debate, and I get it. Somebody at a party on Church Street is sexualizing nurses, but is it really that big a deal? Walk down uh, Church Street on Halloween and you'll see sexy nurses, sexy Frankensteins, uh, sexy TTC uh, worker costumes. You'll see it all, the gamut of them all. Um, it isn't completely appropriate. Maybe for one day of the year you can get away with it, but no more than that. Okay, Robert Benzie, it's never the sexy accountant, is it? Or the sexy journalist, John. You know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 this is some a phenomenon that I, I haven't really understood for the last sort of twenty years since costumes became like sort of sexual, sexual costumes. And it, 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 when I was, you know, dressing up for Halloween at university and 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 high school and all that, it was really just about having a costume, uh, you know, dressing as a lion tamer or Elvis Presley or something like that. But now it seems that uh, it's uh, <laughs> there are different kinds of. Uh, uh, 
costumes that people are picking. Yeah, I suspect it's just an excuse, and it's a bit like doing drag. You know, it's the one time maybe you can try to pretend to be sexy if you're not. Uh, thank you all. Good to have you this morning. And uh, that's Robert Benzi, Sunir Chaudhry, and Richard Krause. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.